I don't know about you, I want to be a holy rebel let loose on the earth. In the words of Tozer, a holy rebel let loose on the earth. And prayer is the key to that. So, are you ready? Beginning at verse 5, Matthew 6. Jesus says, And when you pray, do not be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the street corners to be seen by men. I tell you the truth, they have received their reward in full. But when you pray, go into your room, close the door, and pray to your Father who is unseen. Then your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. And when you pray, do not keep on babbling like pagans, for they think they'll be heard because of their many words. Don't be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask him. This then is how you should pray. Why don't we say this together? Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. And then he finishes, for if you forgive men or people when they sin against you, your heavenly father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive people their sins, your father will not forgive your sins. When I was asked to come uh, by Mike and Vex to speak here today, uh, Mike said, do the same message, nine o'clock, 10.30, six o'clock. Um, I don't know if it will be the same message, but it will be the same heart. Uh, I can't remember in my 30 plus years of ministry um, the last time I preached on this particular few verses. It's not some old message. It's a message that's burning within me at the moment as God takes me to task again about my prayer life. Mike was very uh, positive this morning. He introduced me as a man of prayer. Um, and I corrected him just gently. I'm a man who keeps trying to pray. Anyone else like that? You know, prayer is one of those fathomless mysteries in some ways. There are great promises associated with prayer. Jesus says, ask anything in my name. That means according to my character and I'll do it. That's an incredible promise. This is the source of all um, the work of God flowing up, bubbling up within us, overflowing from us. And I know that without prayer, I'm dangerous in a bad way. And with prayer, I can be dangerous in a good way. Because I know, and I guess you do too, I just haven't got enough love. I just haven't got enough wisdom. I just haven't got enough anything to make a difference. But I passionately want people to know Jesus Christ. If I could have my uh, nearly 60 years over again, the thing I know I would devote myself to is, as the Bible says in a number of places, devote yourself to prayer. Because when I pray, I'm a dangerous man. And when I don't pray, I'm a dangerous man. But it's not in a good way. So here's this invitation to the secret place where we don't come to perform in front of people, which is why I have to be absolutely honest with you and say, 
I'm not so good at this. I can fall asleep in any position when I'm praying. Anyone else got that gift? There's some of the positions I finish up in. You know, I think sometimes I pray sitting and I fall asleep. Sometimes I pray kneeling. And sort of half an hour later, I'm groaning in the spirit. You know, I'm sort of slumped on the floor somewhere. Sometimes, and I try to pray first thing in the morning because I know so many countless times I regretted in the evening that I hadn't started the day by praying in the morning. I just know it would have made all the difference. I know that prayer is the key. If I could have my 60 years again, it would be to say, Lord, teach me to pray. Teach me to pray. Because... In prayer, we make what Oswald Chambers, a a writer from many years ago, called the vital connection. In prayer, we're not only uh, servants of God. Actually, we're not even just friends of God. Actually, we become united. Can you believe that? With God. United with God. John 14. It's that uh, incredible picture of, uh, or that message from Jesus, if anyone, truly, if anyone has faith in me, they'll do what I've been doing. Indeed, they'll do even greater things. And you go, how can that be, Lord? How can that be? And he says in verse 16, this is how it can be because I'm sending another one, the Holy Spirit. He's going to be walking alongside you. And then he goes further in verse 23, and we... Referring to the Trinity, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, we come and make a home within you. And then in the next chapter is that vine and branches chapter. You remember that one? Jesus says, I'm the vine, you're the branches. And if you're connected, if the branch is connected to the vine, the fruit comes. And if it only looks like it's connected, but isn't, it withers and it dies. And it's only good for the bonfire in your back garden. What an amazing God we've got who says, I want to express my creativity. I want to express my love and my goodness, my justice, my righteousness, the hope that is in the gospel and I want to flow through you, in you, through you, despite you. Isn't God good? And so I I just come back again and again to that place where it's, Lord, I want to come into the secret place. It's the safest place on earth and it's the most dangerous place. Safe because when we come, we pray, Our Father, Abba. That's what I try to do every morning. I try. <laughs> I come down and I, you know, I grab my mug of tea or coffee. Depends what mood I'm in. And I've got my Bible and a journal. I maybe have a, you know, my phone with me so I can play some worship and a pillow just in case, you know. But increasingly I'm coming in my older years to that place where I think this is the place that makes all the difference. And it's dangerous in this way. It's dangerous to my ego and it's dangerous to the kingdom of darkness. Prayer is dangerous to my inner darkness and it's dangerous to the outer darkness. Because every time we pray, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Every time you pray, your kingdom come, you're praying, my kingdom go. 
And my ego doesn't like that. Your ego doesn't like it either. We like to be in control, or at least we pretend we're in control. We believe we're in control. We want to understand. We want everything to be rational. We want to understand and control. And when we come in prayer, we come to an unseen God, this passage says. And our ego and our reason says, what's the point? And we have a few sort of times in prayer when nothing much happens. Have you ever had a season like that? Of course you have. And we go, oh, what's the point? What's the point? And we back off. But I know that when I come and I gaze on him and he gazes on me on a good morning. He gazes on me every morning. I gaze on him on a good morning. I know that's the place where something happens here that can change the earth. Something happens in that secret place where I connect with him and where you connect with him and the life of God flows by his spirit. There's a saying, it's not completely true, but it makes a point. No prayer, no power. Little prayer, little power. Much prayer, much power. When a little boy was uh, struggling with an unclean spirit, we'd throw him into the fire or the water. Uh, The disciples tried to set in Mark 9 this little boy free. And they can't get him free. And they say to Jesus who comes along and sets him free, how did that happen? And his answer is prayer. In some versions, much prayer. Prayer is that place where the anointing happens. Do you know that Christian means little anointed one? That's who you are. The little anointed one. I'm not looking at mere mortals. I'm looking at people in whom God lives. If you are in Christ, then Christ is in you. You're not just a friend. You are united with him. And in prayer, we become alert. We become attentive. We become awake to the God who's been revealed in Christ, who lives in you and says, I want to flow through you. Someone once said the Holy Spirit is not a lake. It's not a reservoir. He's a river. He wants out. He wants in and through and out and in and through and out so that you overflow. You live in the overflow. And I need that, don't you? Because I just haven't got enough of what it takes. But when I yield, when my ego says, when your ego says, Lord, I'm going to do it your way, everything changes. There's a guy called G.K. Chesterton. He said, Christianity hasn't failed. We just haven't really tried it yet. So many people that want to tell us that Christianity has failed and yet, Most of us haven't tried it, not the Jesus way. We've tried to limit it to doctrine, to dogma, to creeds, to a belief system. But it's not. Christianity is a person and he's alive and he's conquered sin and he's conquered death and he lives in you. And he lives in me. And he says, will you connect? And so my invitation really, that's what it is tonight, is to that secret place 
where he can do immeasurably more than we ask or imagine. You see, prayer is dangerous to the ego and therefore we back off, but it's also dangerous to the kingdom of darkness because in the secret place, we don't have to tell Father anything he already knows. But do you know what? He's got loads of stuff to download to us. I remember not preaching on this passage, but a not dissimilar passage, um, and talking about the two-way flow between us and God, when in the middle of my sermon one Sunday evening, the Holy Spirit said, shut up. Some of you are praying, oh Lord, do it again, do it again, Lord. It's 10 minutes, but it feels so much longer, do it again. And I didn't want to shut up because I was like, page three, there's about seven more pages to go. Shut up, I want to show them. You see, the gospel has always been, I want to show you, not just tell you. And it's like, in the back of my mind as I'm preaching, it's like, Lord, well, what do you, what, what do you want to do? And he said, I want to heal someone. Yeah, I've got page, you know, still six pages to go, Lord, and this argument's going on. Do you ever have that argument with the Lord? It's being real. One of the great things about prayer is it's the real me or the real you meeting with the real God. Prayer really happens when we're not being polite. We're being reverent, but we're not being polite. We're saying, this is how it really is, Lord. That's why I love the Psalms. Every morning I, I, I pray the Psalms. If I'm feeling particularly religious, which I don't usually feel, but I, I even I sing the Psalms. I make it up as I go along. Sounds good to me. But by singing it, it means it goes deeper. And the Psalms so often are, how long, Lord? Why? Where are you? Go and get my enemies. They're vicious, some of them. Have you read some of them? I'm not saying they're right or they're true. I'm saying they're honest. They're real. Anyway, I'm, I'm just being real with the Lord and saying, I don't want to stop because you're going to say something and I'm going to say what you've said and it's not going to happen. And guess what? I'm going to look stupid. I don't like looking stupid. Not any more stupid anyway than I have to look. The ego rebels. I once said to God, what about my reputation? He answered almost audibly, what reputation? It's not your reputation that matters, it's your identity. And in prayer, you come and you say, our Father, that's all the identity I need. And it's all the identity that you need. Because if he's our father, then, he, then we're his children. I don't need anything else. I'd like you to like this talk, but if you don't, you know what? I'm not that bothered. Seriously. I'd like you to like it. And I'd like the encouragement. But if you don't, you don't. Because I can't be, live being a people pleaser. I can only live as, in the knowledge that he's already pleased with me. Like the lady at the back said, he already loves us just as we are. And so I'm having that ego argument, but I've learned to say no to the ego some of the time, not all of the time. 
And I said, well, what do you want to do, Lord? And he says, I want to heal a heart valve. I go, well, that's a bit specific, Lord. Five pages to go. Do you ever wrestle with God? Because prayer is often a wrestling match until he gets his way and his kingdom comes. I want to heal a heart valve. So uh, eventually I, I look out and I think, heart problem. I'll just say heart problem. They're a young group, Lord. So if I say heart problem, someone will say, well, I've got a broken heart, a heavy heart, a divided heart, sad heart. That'd be something. That'd be some heart issues. They're a young crowd, Lord. And he says, no, heart valve. So I said, eventually, okay, I'm going to stop a minute. Heart valve problem. God wants to heal a heart valve problem because prayer is much more about listening than it is about speaking. It's much more about what he's got to download to us than what we've got to download to him. It's both. But we only tend to download to him what he already knows. And this passage says he doesn't need to know what he already knows. It serves a purpose because we can offload. But he wants to speak to us. He wants to communicate his plans and purposes to us. So I didn't say heavy heart, heart, broken heart, divided heart. I simply said heart valve problem. I think somebody wants, needs a heart valve healing and God says he wants to do it, apparently. I didn't say the apparently, but I felt it. And a young woman to my left put her hand up and she said, that's me, but I don't believe in this stuff. And I said to myself silently, I'm not sure I do either, but we've started, so we'll finish. I said, could you come to the front? And she came to the front. I asked her, she said, my name's Claire Cummings. I'm 25 years of age. I'm a physiotherapist at the Royal Free Hospital in Hampstead. I said, what's the problem, Claire? Knowing what it was, she said, well, I've got a heart valve problem. I've had it for 25 years since I was born and I don't believe in this stuff and I said well can we just pray a little bubble out of my head then I can finish my really great talk <laughs> and so we prayed and guess what nothing happened I knew it she went and sat down and I finished my talk and I went home that night and my ego is screaming you look stupid and five days later there's a knock on my door and it's Claire. She said, Mark, I'm so in love with Jesus. And I said, Claire, I'm so happy. Why is that? She said, well, since you prayed for me, I'm so in love with Jesus. I said, yeah, but how's your heart? She said, well, it's amazing. I used to be out of breath walking along the road to get the bus to go to work. And I'm not breathless anymore. I said, Claire, you've got 25 years of medical records. Go and get it checked out. And she did. She had 25 years of medical records. She went back, she checked it out, and the doctor said, we don't understand this, but you are completely 100% healed. That's your God. That's your God and that's my God. It wasn't me, you know. I know the applause wasn't for me, it was for him, and quite rightly so, because it wasn't me. And yet... In prayer, he is constantly, in all sorts of ways, in every aspect of life saying, I invite you to do this life 
with me. Guard the vital connection. In celebration of what your God and my God had done in Claire's life, this young woman who was out of breath walking along the road to get the bus went and climbed Mount Kilimanjaro in Tanzania. Isn't that the gospel? That our God loves us so much that he's good news in all sorts of situations. And in case you think I'm one of those healer guys, as I told the earlier services, my wife works with terminally ill children and we too often weep around our dining room table because another life's gone. Praying, seeking God, knowing his presence, trying to do what he says, saying, Lord, which way are you going? Because I want to join in with you rather than you joining in with me. I want to do it your way is a constant battle and as you see the breakthroughs, you rejoice, but it makes the disappointments and the heartbreak even harder. And you'll have your story, which is why part of prayer is the real you coming to the real God saying, Bleh! it's a very theological word. In Hebrew, it's something similar. It's, I've got to give you this, Lord, because I just don't want to carry it by myself. But what's even more exciting is what he speaks and imparts back. And it comes in the secret place. That place where we can come and say, Our Father, Abba. I don't understand. But you do. I don't know how. But you do. I don't know why, but you do. I don't know if I can, but I know I can if you tell me to. Because I want to live it your way. About a year ago, we uh, had to move from London. I've been a vicar there for years. And I now work for New Wine, as you've heard. And uh, the Church of England gave me a vicarage and New Wine gave me a salary. And uh, it wasn't enough to live in London. So I said to my wife, Kate, where should we live, darling? Where would you like to live? She said, by the sea. I want to live by the sea. So the Lord called us to Leicester. <laughs> we call it Leicester by the sea. By faith. That's not because God's a killjoy, because God's anything but a killjoy. You see, God just knows better where we would really thrive and we'd be really happy. It wouldn't be easy. He never said it would be easy, did he? My point is, you know, I would never have chosen, oh, Leicester, I must live in Leicester. Inner city Leicester, that would, that would be a lovely, Lord. <laughs> just, near the, just near the university, Lord, where, the, you know, every night we have a party, it's wonderful. <laughs> Three o'clock in the morning, oh, Lord, thank you for calling us to Leicester. It's so full of life. But he called us there. Devote yourself to prayer. Our Father, you are good. Your kingdom come, my kingdom go. 
Give us our daily bread. Give us what we need today, Lord, because actually, do you know what? Our daily bread is all the things he needs, he provides that we need. And do you know what we really need? We do not live by bread alone, but we live by every word. Not only scripture, but scripture as well, but every word that proceeds from his mouth. Do you know the absolute arrogance of trying to live any other way? Forgive me. People say to me, oh Mark, you believe that God speaks to you, don't you? That's arrogant. And I say, forgive me, but no, it's not. What's arrogant is to try and live this life without hearing God's voice, without knowing his spirit, without connecting with him, because I can survive the other way, but I cannot live. And the invitation in the secret place where there's no one else but you and him is so that you can thrive. Not that you can have an easy life. Not that you can have a, oh, you know, win the lottery sort of life, but so that you can live kingdom life. And the enemy comes and he snatches it away. He distracts us and disappoints us. And I've got all these emotions. Have you? Of course you have. These emotions say that they're me. They're not me. They just speak as if they are me. They speak as if they're gods with a small g. And they say, ah, oh, yeah, but actually live with your regrets. Live with your jealousy. Live with your sadness. Live with your anger. They are always, always speaking. And in prayer, we stop and we hear his voice above all the clamor of the world, outward and inward. And the Spirit rises up within us and overflows. And do you know how many ministries, I wonder how many ministries have been birthed in the secret place? Because if we pray and never do anything with it, it's not called prayer, it's called self-indulgence. But if we pray and the life of God flows up and overflows from us so that we pursue justice or peace or reconciliation, love, good neighbourliness, reaching out to the poor, the needy, the marginalised, the last, the lost, the least, if that's where our prayer takes us, if we stop holding our hands together, roll up our sleeves and get our hands dirty from the place of prayer, that's prayer, isn't it? That's prayer. And my ego says, oh no, live a simple life. <laughs> but my spirit will not settle for anything less and neither will you because I'm sorry to tell you, but if, you've, if you're in Christ, he's begun something in you that you will never settle for until you live it his way because he loves you too much to leave you as you are. And really, my time's up. All I want to do really is invite you on behalf of the Lord Jesus Christ, if I can be so bold, to the secret place. We sung about it, didn't we? What amazing words. You must have known what I was preaching about because actually what we sung this evening was this, wasn't it? No one else comes near. No one else compares. Nothing else will do. Only spirit to Holy Spirit connection will satisfy your soul. And it's ever so easy to make people feel guilty. And do you know what? 
There's not an ounce of condemnation in this message. Because like the lady's son, who's loved just as he is, this isn't about performance. This isn't about perfection. This is about relationship. I used to get in trouble with the police when I was a teenager. I remember my dad coming to get me from the police cells. And I think, oh no, how's he going to be this time? And my dad always would go, Mark, you're wonderful. I love you so much. It's like, really? By the time I was 19, I had a criminal record and I was nigh on an alcoholic so that my doctor said, if you don't stop drinking now, you're in big trouble. But my dad, my human dad, would just go, you're amazing. It's the only thing I know about parenting. Grace works in the end. So this is not about how well do you pray. It's about if you go into the secret place, Abba will say, you're amazing. I love the way I made you. In the words of the shack, I'm particularly fond of you. It's the place of true transformation. And his invitation is, will you come? Can I reignite, he says, your relationship with the living God? There is no condemnation for those that are in Christ Jesus Someone asked me this morning, what is the secret of prayer? And do you know what? I don't know. I know this. He's good. Be yourself. Be real. Listen. I could have said that in one minute, couldn't I? And you could be home by now. <laughs> Antiques Roadshow is still on, I think. Doesn't your spirit long for this? Mine does. Come, Holy Spirit, and do what only you can do. Would you like to stand? Please just guard that place. If, if, the, if the Spirit's convicting you, what he's doing is he's not condemning. He, never, he doesn't know how to. He's bringing a conviction that always carries hope. It's not a vague hope, it's not a worldly hope, and it's not a hope from me, it's a hope from him. I can start or even reignite a connection with the living God that will issue itself in love. Everything that Guilford needs and everything that you needs, need can be found in him and in the secret place. Come, Holy Spirit. Let's just welcome him. He's here already. He says, I live within you. I come and make my home in your heart. He said that. He's done it. If you are in Christ, he's done it. 